Okay. Well, good morning, everyone. So glad to be here. I need to step over and get a, a writing tool, instrument, whatever you want to call it, in case something comes here. I need to write down. It's good to be back here. We've been kind of out and about the last few weeks. Um, well, as you can see, um, I've got an extended teaching here, kind of making up for last few ones that were kind of short. Yeah, right. Um, this is going to be for a lot of it for future study. Believe it or not, this is still a condensed version. Um, <clears throat> I want to share with you this morning a a dream that came recently um, regarding the topic you see on here. And I, and I know there's a there's an old television series that came out many years ago entitled Lost. I don't know if you guys watched that or listened to the po podcast. Um, <clears throat> and it does kind of... Not that old, okay. He's older. Um, at any rate, I started thinking about the show. I had never watched it that much. I'd seen a few little snippets of of you know these people that were out in the middle of nowhere lost wandering around and so you can imagine when when this dream came and i've kind of put just a little bit of this isn't everything that was in the dream but the actual insight came and i'm going to just read what I've, I've typed up here for you um i was in a place and i was in the dream and and i knew that i was there to visually see what was happening and I was wandering around seamlessly like I was just totally lost. And no matter what I did, I kept feeling this sense of being lost or losing things, and I found it very hard to find them. I was seeking, searching, and returning to tr retrieve things that were, that were, they weren't hidden. It was just, they were right there in plain sight, but yet I had this feeling of being lost. And it can, I, I continue to watch this process being repeated throughout the dream over and over again. And there was much more to it, don't get me wrong, um, but that's the gist of it. So I woke up that morning and immediately all these verses just come flooding in, you know, about lost. And just the idea of, of that concept and what it means. And, you know, growing up, one of the first things that, you know, we were taught was we were to seek and save the lost, right? Okay. Um, and that's that's a biblical principle, but, you know, I didn't really know what it, what it meant, you know, from a, from a Greek standpoint. And for the most part, I associated it with someone that was um, not born again, didn't know the Lord. But now I, and, and you guys know this, but it, it does not necessarily refer to someone that doesn't know the Lord in salvation. Um, that is a teaching throughout the scripture. But when I started to look at this from an Old Testament and a New Testament perspective, there are a lot of people in the church that are completely lost, wandering around, chasing their tails, so to speak, not having any clear direction, and they are just, no matter what they do, they're, they're turning to the left, they're turning to the right, they have 
they have no real clear direction or or maybe they do but one day but then the next day they they're they're off chasing something else and um so as i started to look at this and i've studied it a little bit in the past but i really spent a lot of time looking at this hebrew word uh abad and then the the the, the greek word um apolumi or apol yeah apolumi and it every time you, you you look at these it speaks of um to be able to wander away and in, in some cases it means to to lose yourself in 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 a, in a bad way not necessarily in a good way we can lose ourselves in the lord and that's great right but a lot of times when you see this it's always in a negative light and it's used 184 times in the old testament and the, the, the uh, Apollume is used 92 times in the New Testament. And there are a lot of other, other verses that are just really, really, I was looking through some other ones this morning, uh, and, and one that kind of just popped off the page was um, in Second Peter where, um, you know, um, somebody created an application called Slack. You know, and, and, you know, in Second Peter, I just, it's kind of humorous, it says the Lord is not slack in his promise as we think, but he's not willing that any should apolume, but that all come to repentance. Now, I read that this morning. I thought, wait a minute. And I went back to the very first chapter of Peter's second epistle and looked looked at who he was addressing in that epistle. He's not addressing any type of heathen person in in that in that context. In fact, if anything, the, 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 the principle is he's, he's, he's addressing people that think God is delaying his coming, his promise. That's the context. So he would actually be speaking to Christian people, right? So, and then he brings in this idea that he doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, which is, another, which is this is how this is translated a lot, but that everyone could come to, uh, come to repentance, uh, metanoia, and be able to change. And so this whole concept of lost really speaks a lot of where we are i mean where our government is where where um and i want to say this on the air i think it's very interesting the great victory that just came right the month that we're in so pride gives way to life that's incredible god is really signifying his will is for life and he wants everyone to have the opportunity to experience and, you know, this, you know, it's not killing of babies, et cetera, et cetera. But the whole point of this is everlasting life. You know, he wants people. Uh, so you could say this is also a month where where he's, he said we're moving from death to life. And Jesus said that principle. It's kind of taking on a new meaning now to me as we as we've gone through this. We prayed about it many months ago. And now we're seeing the fulfillment of God saying, look at what I did. Remember what i what i've done and we're going to see that that theme through this as well where there's different people that, that he that are that are declaring do not forget his commandments you know and i know pastor recently spoke on the commandments but this dream led me to this teaching so i'm going to do my very best to to try to get through this uh some of it now um it, it, it's interesting I was privileged to be able to teach some of the Brazilian people yesterday, and one of the things that we focused on was how do you know if someone 
is operating as a son. How do you know you're operating as a son? And one of the one of the characteristics is you're being led by another. Being you're being led by. So lost or led, this could be another title to this. Are we going to be lost as a Christian or as a saint moving about? Or are we going to be led by the breath of God? And that's what we're called to do is be led by his breath. And that's that's a very, very deep principle. Because at any point, our humanness can come through and we could we could we could call it led when it's not his leading at all. Uh, we could and, and that's what a lot of people do. I mean, you really think about it. It's real easy to say, you know, and even to use the right language. Oh, God told me to do this over here. Um, and then you start thinking, really? Well, God's word says this, and it's totally different from what you said he led you into. So how could he lead you into something that he never endorses? So anyway, lost or led? Yes. Yeah. You something else. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, and, and and there's going to be a few verses where we where we look at that as well. But yeah, that's a great great uh, insight. And it, it's not an easy it's not an easy task. But what makes it easier for all of us is that we stay in. We're we're praying in His breath. That's what we're doing, and His breath just inundates us inside of us. To the point that we are under another person's influence, namely his influence or his breath. And when we're, when we're doing that, I mean, you think about it from just from a practical standpoint. When, when you're praying in his breath, building up the saintly calling within you, there are so many times you're absolutely, now, mind you, there's an ebb and flow to this. It's not always this way. But his breath just seems to absolutely consume me <laughs> to the point where my thoughts are like divine thoughts all through the day, just consuming you. So that's why we're, we're, at, a, we're at a better advantage when we're always praying in the Spirit because his breath is just filling us and, and guiding us and leading us. And it becomes a little, e- a little easier for us as humans to be led and not lost. Um, and that's an ongoing thing. I mean, so as I, as I watch this scene in this dream, I, I, I was absolutely lost. No matter what I did, where I went, and, and I found things, it was very hard finding them, I would, I would try to retreat and get ready to to walk away from this, um, um, I'm trying to think back to the actual scenery. I don't know if I was in a city. I don't know exactly where I was. But every time I'd try to walk away, this feeling and sense of lostness would come all back over me. And then I'd be right back out wandering around in this place. And so I started thinking about the concept of when Jesus taught about the lost sheep. 
Um, I mean, all things you can imagine just flooding in. And as I started studying, I'm like, man, where am I going to go with this? It, I mean, there's so much. So I've just put together a, a listing of, of verses. Now, I have to say this because I just read this this morning. I, I've, I've got stuff written all on the page here, even after I've... Um, in John 6, verse 39, you want to know the Father's will? This one verse speaks of part of his will. It says this, The Father's will is that I lose nothing that has been given to me. And that's it. That, now go back and read the other verses before and after. It even makes it even more profound. But the will of our Father is that no one comes into this point of being lost or feel, or wandering around or being uh, 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 destruction. Now, I know there's other, other verses. The prophetic calling in the life of Jeremiah was to throw down and to destroy. Same word, abad. So there's instances where God's judgment can come through a prophet to where there is destruction that comes. Now, I can't explain that. I don't, I don't know why. That's just part of it. So, but this teaching is about restoration and God's, God's will being that, that everyone be allowed to come into repentance and everyone be given the opportunity to come back in. And just yesterday, I was looking across uh, some Facebook pages, and these are friends of ours that used to be with us. I mean, it'll make you, it makes my stomach turn to see what they're engaged in now. Um, and and I, I need to say no uh, no more. But, you know, we we are not of those that are, uh, we don't condemn people. You know, the, their, their, their lifestyle and the things that they've embraced is, is, is already condemned them. But I'm, I'm praying that some of the ones that have engaged in this being out there lost, wandering around, looking over here, looking there, will eventually be like the lost son, come to their senses and return. And, and, and I know that we're going to see that. I don't know. I can't tell you, you know, how many. It might, it might only be five out of 500. Who knows? But I, I'm believing that the Lord's going to do that. So let's take a look at the concept of lost sheep. Now, I, 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 I kind of had to reel myself back in as I started studying because the, the lost thing was the main focal point. But then when you bring in sheep, it's, it can, I started studying sheep and I started getting lost myself in it. So I knew I was like, get, I'm going down the wrong path here. So Psalm 119, 176 says this, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. And that's the Hebrew word any, you know, in the Old Testament we're going to look at is the, uh, the word abad. It means to, to wander away or to lose yourself, and it can lead to ultimate perishing or destruction. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. So in the midst of this, the, the, this one verse in Psalm 19, says, I've gone astray like a, a lost sheep. One of the things in the midst of that that I do not want to forget, I don't want to, that's important, is not to forget the commandments that have been given to us. And that's so key. I mean, none of us are exempt from this. None of us are exempt from, you know, um, 
there's there's times where we where we don't have well, we feel lost. To be honest with you, you feel like you lack direction. You feel like you're in a constant sila, and there's nothing ever gonna be um, uh, resolved. <laughs> We've all been there. We know that's not the truth. That's the humanness. But in the midst of that, the the principle is do not forget. In that book of remembrance that we've all developed over the last number of, of weeks and months, keep that book before you. Because when things start to get like this where, where you're at a state or a season that's totally different and you don't, you don't feel the presence of the Lord as predominantly as you used to, that book of remembrance is key for success and moving forward. Now, Jeremiah, I love Jeremiah. I mean, I know he's kind of, his personality is just up and down. I mean, he's on an emotional roller coaster. Have you ever felt that way? You're feeling like Jeremiah. <laughs> One minute he's, he's on a high, and next he's in a low. And he's, he's throwing down. He's uh, destroying. And, I mean, that was, that was part of his calling. And, and God, God set him apart in, in, his, in his mother's womb. You know, everybody likes to quote that verse. Oh, I know the plans I have for you. But what about this part of, okay, Jeremiah, it's time for you to release destruction in the land. You know, everybody forgets about that. But that's part of his prophetic calling. And that's what makes studying the different people and their gifting so um, um, interactive for me is as I'm reading through it, I see pieces of us in every one of them. So in Jeremiah 50, verses 1 through 6, it says, The word that Yahweh spake against Babylon and against the land of the Chaldeans by Jeremiah the prophet, Declare ye among the nations, and publish, that word publish there is actually Shema in the Hebrew, and set up a standard. Publish and conceal not. Say, Babylon is taken, Bel is confounded, Merodach is, is broken in pieces, her idols are confounded, her images are broken in pieces. For out of the north there comes up a nation against her, which shall make her land desolate, and none shall dwell therein. They shall remove, they shall depart, both man and beast. And in those days, and in that time, saith the Lord, the children of Israel shall come, they and the children of Judah together, going and weeping. They shall go and seek the Lord, Yahweh their Elohim. Then shall they ask the way to Zion with their faces thitherward, saying, Come and let us join ourselves to Yahweh in a perpetual covenant that shall not be forgotten. There it is again. Not be forgotten. My, for my people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds, the ra'ah shepherds, have caused them to go astray. And that's another Hebrew word, ta'ah. It means it's just called them to kind of stray away or to vacillate back and forth. Now, this is, this is interesting. So you've got the lost sheep, but it's actually the shepherds that are leading them astray and causing them to turn away and to go on the mountains. And they've gone not only from mountains, but they've gone from a mountain to a hill, it says. And look what's happened. They have forgotten their resting place. There's, there's that principle of, of forgotten again. That's why I put in all caps, remember and pay attention and for resting place, it's just the place of, of, of repose. You know, it's the place where you can go and be uh, reinvigorated again and, and be refreshed. 
how do you forget that? I mean, that's hard to, how do you forget your resting place? You know, we're not talking about the manuka here, but uh, the, the principle here is just a place of refreshing. How, how does that happen? I mean, we've been at this a long time. And, you know, if we're all honest, we, we've all faced times in our walk where we're really not thinking that much about what God's doing. I'm not, you know, it's not condemning. It's just when you're doing something so long, it can be very easy and mundane, and you just tend to kind of not pay attention to it. It's not so much that you forget it. It's just other things can come and take precedent, and you just kind of go with it. And before you know it, you're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm forgetting who I am. I'm forgetting my resting place. And, and that's what's going on here. But it's tragic that these shepherds, I know we're in the Old Testament, but those that were leading the flock and the sheep are directly responsible for this straying and this wandering away and the sheep being lost. So shepherds have a major responsibility in the New Testament that they are pointing the sheep in the right path. And what's interesting about a sheep is they are constantly moving forward. If they have a leader in front of them, they will follow that leader. That's the principle. It's a sheep principle. They don't. You don't. You don't find a lot of sheep uh, going backwards all the time. I mean, it says they are a forward-moving animal. They they can, but you know, they they would rather stay still. If there's no leader in front of them, they're going to remain where they're at, and they're not going to they're not going to walk backwards. They they're 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 forward-moving individuals and that's that's who we are as sheep in his pasture and wherever he leads we are supposed to follow now that whole idea of leading should immediately trigger in our minds hmm well how did god lead his people one of the well one of the ones that stands out in my mind prominently is how elohim led the people where did he lead them into the palace did he lead them into an oasis <laughs> no. led them right into the wilderness right some people might look at that and go that's not god i'm going the other direction i'm going to the palace right give me an oasis here that's got all this all this provision and water and see that's how that's that's the way god he thinks totally different than us you know think about jesus he was led into the wilderness and not only that that's bad enough in a place of um isolation away from everything but he says you know what satan's going to be there and then he even took it a step further he said not only is satan going to be there to tempt you but it's going to last a very very long time 40 days you're not going to be able to eat anything i mean it's that's terrible but that's where the spirit led him but look at the end of that when we endure and we we stand in the midst of it then we're given explosiveness as we come out of it and that's the key to function in a way that we were not able to function had we not walked through that difficulty and that major testing now this brings in this point first peter says this talks about the trial of our faith being more precious than gold that perishes. The word perishes is the same word, apolumi. <laughs> Think about that. Wow. 
our faith, the, the going through a trial, and it kind of ties into what I just said, is more precious than any gold that you can acquire on this earth. What about this verse? We have treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. I mean, this, the pattern about the thesaurus, it's, it's all there. So why do people, and I'm just saying in general, want to focus on cars, homes, monetary things in this earth and in this world? I'm not, there's nothing wrong with it. But there are some people, Pastor Luciano was telling me yesterday, he said, my, a lot of people in Brazil, that's all they focus on. They view success as having cars and houses and money. Is that the treasure that we're to be focused on? I mean, really? So if, if the trying of our faith is more precious than gold, why do we focus on these things? Why does mankind focus on these things? There's no true satisfaction in that. True satisfaction can only be found being in the heart of God, moving in his purpose and plan for your life as an individual and as a church. That's true satisfaction. There is nothing on this earth that compares to that. We have the privilege to pray in his breath every single day and let his breath just breathe life into us continually and then we take that same life and we breathe it out and we speak it out and declare to others god's not he's not here to bring destruction to you he wants you to come to a point where you change he's not slack he knows what he's doing the enemy the enemy does have a lot of rule and reign in this earth and in this world right but if God wanted to, he could wipe everything out and start all over again. But we know he chose not to do this. He already did that once. And he said, I'm never going to do it that way again. Thank God, because if he did, there wouldn't be a lot of folks living today. Our government would not even be around today, which could be a good thing. I mean, some of us are praying, yeah, wipe it all out. You know, let's, let's go back to the flood, you know, because um, they're... <laughs> But that's another whole thing about being led. You know, let, let's pretend you're Noah, and we are Noah, Newark Noah today, right? And he said, you, I want you to build something with me that nobody else has seen. Are we doing that now? We're building a Pneumatikos house still. That principle has not changed. <laughs> and the world is yet to see the full display of what God's going to be doing in the earth. We've been saying that for years and years. Think about these guys here. Think about Isaiah and Jeremiah who were given all these messy. Isaiah was given all these messianic prophecies, many, a lot longer than this, a lot longer than 20 years. What do you think went through Isaiah's mind when he's, he's prophesying about a virgin giving birth? And what in the world is God telling me? <laughs> you got to know Isaiah was just like us, but he, he believed the Lord. And, and I'm kind of digressing, but I'm not, because we're, we're, we're talking about the, the differences in lost and led. Led is just so profound to me. And the word, when Jesus was led into the wilderness, it's the same word where Paul told us to be led by the, the breath of God. It's very interesting to see the connections and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the comparisons. Now, so 
with this topic of lost sheep, <clears throat> Jesus told his disciples, the twelve, that they were sent to the house of Israel. In, in Matthew 10, verses 5 through 15, these twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, First thing he says, well, go not somewhere, okay? Now, this is, this is kind of weird because in certain instances, he would say, I don't want you to go to this people group. I don't want you to go here. It sounds like he's being exclusive, right? Or he's, he's not wanting to include certain people groups. That's not the, the principle. The principle is when he says to go somewhere, we go. And he said, I do not want you to go the way of the Gentiles, and into the, any of the Samaritans, uh, the cities of the Samaritans, don't go there. Don't even enter into those, those places. But go rather to the lost Apolume sheep of the house of Israel. So in our day, the practical application here, I'm not going to go into why he said don't go here and don't go there. The, the main thing, God's always... When, you, when, you, when we think we've got him figured out and how he moves, guess what he's going to do? He's going to say, no, you don't. I'm going to change it up, and I'm going to tell you, don't do something over here just to see if you're going to trust me. And, and that's what he's doing here. So the, the house of Israel would be or represent, could represent houses of, of, of purpose or houses that he's chosen for, for something to occur in that in that place i mean houses of purpose you know israel was his chosen people you know and so we can't we can't um some people read it and they go oh that's israel that's uh, well there's got to be more to it than that okay because we're not israel we're we're in america and we got churches all over houses of 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 all kinds of uh, purposes being erected all over the world and so he's directing his disciples there and it's a small group it's not, it's, not, it's not the masses. His 12 are being sent there. Yep, it's got to be timing. And, and, and he's sending, I'm sending you to people. Now, that are, they don't even recognize that they're operating in, their, in this destructive manner. They're, they're wandering around. That's interesting, too. Hey, money. Good morning. And then he says, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is the, the whole progression here. How dare him come to the house of Israel and say these things, right? His chosen people. How dare we go to a church and say, you know what? The first thing you guys need is to be healed from, from, from not functioning properly. The, um, um, the spirit of infirmity that's here, okay? That's the first one on the list. And, and pastors taught on this. It's really, and then he brings up, okay, cleanse the lepers. I'm thinking, okay, I don't see any um, lepers in the room here, but you know, there's got to be another meaning there, and it and it is. And I'll let your mind kind of wander there. Raise the dead. What? You mean I got dead people in a church somewhere? Not physically, but spiritually, there are a lot of there's death all around us. You know, we got a bunch of babies that are still wanting to. You know, uh, live in a nursery in a church, and they're eighty or some of them are. They're real. Their their age is. It's sad. 
I mean, you got some that are 20 years old all the way up to 80 years old in the church, and they're still acting like babies. And I remember as a young boy growing up, that's one of the things that turned me off of the church early, early on when I was young and teenager, was people were so hypocritical in the church. They were just crying, always crying over spilt milk. You know what? They'd be talking about in a board meeting, a carpet, you know. Well, we don't want that color. We want there to be a, a brawl take place on the board because of the carpet. And I'm like, really? Seriously? That's infantry, infant-type mentality. Paul said we need to grow up, be mature, and th- those kind of things. Cast out devils. Now, he's, he's bringing in this idea of people that are um, of the house of Israel that, need, that have demonic possession going on. Or oppression, or whatever you want to call it. And he says, freely you receive, freely give. Verse 9, here's another way that God moves, and it makes no sense to me, but he told the initial 12, take no gold, nor silver, silver, nor brass in your purses. Okay, you gentlemen, you know, refrain from taking your purses, okay? Nor script for your journey, neither two coats, nor shoes, nor uh, yet staves. For the workman is worthy of his meat. He basically, he just said, Take what you've got and go. Man, you talk about trust. If he said do this today, most people would think that's the enemy. No way. I'm not going there. So that's take no purse, take this. Yeah, I can understand that. That might be the enemy telling a man to take a purse. But um, just makes no sense. But this is the way God thinks and the way he moves in through his son. Sons move this way. When he speaks, we go. We don't question, we don't doubt, we don't go, hmm, I wonder if that was the Lord telling me. I don't think so. Uh, I'm going to go to Starbucks instead, you know. Or No, Sonic, no, he said you go. We've learned over the years that just when we think we know how God's going to speak to us, he starts to talk to us in a different way. And, and that's the beauty of, and, and I think he does that to keep the relationship moving and, and not becoming stale or stagnant. Um, I know that was a long spiel there, but then he continues it in verse 11, and he says, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy. There's the inquiry where we don't just go into the city and open up a stadium and have 500,000 people go in there and preach the gospel to all of them, right? That's fine, but this is not what he's talking about here. He's saying there are some people that I'm sending you to, and you need to be able to identify those that are considered axios or worthy for this. I mean, it's here. And most people don't like to hear that, nor have they even heard it said that way, but that's what it says. And if the house, if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. And if it's worthy not, let the peace return. Man, that sounds that, that sounds wacky. That's some kind of word that does not sound of God, right? In our humanness, we would think that. But based off of what we know and our calling, God is not going to take something and give it to somebody who's not ready to receive it. He's not going to give something to a pig or a dog and say, oh, here you go. Go ahead and wallow around all over it and... Um, I'm not going to take it any further with that, but you get the idea here. He, people need to be ready for this. They need to be groomed for it. And it's our part to be able to identify those people in this house or in a city or in a town. 
And whosoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake the dust off your feet. And here's a word of warning to those people that are not willing to receive his message. Verily I say unto you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Now, I'm not saying every place we go into, we declare. If you don't hear the message, it's more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than you. I'm not saying we do that. But there are consequences of people not... If, if God has sent us, that's the key. If he sent us to a house, a church, or wherever it might be, an apartment complex, a grocery store, and we, we, we're there to commission to release his message... They have a responsibility to receive it. If they don't receive it, this principle does apply. God's got the final say here. I'm, I'm not saying it's he's got the final say with this, but his message and what we release is serious to those around us. Now, Ezekiel. We kind of touched on this many weeks back. Lost hope in Ezekiel 37, 10 through 14. He says, so as I prophesied, as he commanded me, the Ruach came into them, they lived, they stood on their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Now, he's, I'm linking the whole house of Israel here again. Behold, they say, the house of Israel says, our bones are dry and our hope has wandered away. We've lost ourselves. We're perishing. And we're cut off from our parts. Man, that whole, that, that one phrase there, if people were honest with themselves and their relationship in the Lord, like we were many years ago, they would mirror this same thing here. They would say, I feel like I've been wandering around. I feel like I'm lost. I've, I have no clear sense of direction. I feel like I'm perishing, and I feel like I'm cut off from the other parts of the body. That's the truth. We had to face the hard facts. That's the evidence. Now, I know there are some. We know there are some that are, that are, that are in this calling. We know that. But there is a far larger group of people that are not. And they're just kind of wandering around aimlessly. Coming to church, going to the big coffee bars they got set up in the four years and all the social stuff going on. We're, this is not social interaction here we're talking about. God is more interested than our spiritual development than anything else that we go through in this life. That's what's going to remain. Why focus on the things around us if it's going to just all be burned up? Because that's what's going to happen. Everything's going to go except the eternal things. So we value the eternal more than the physical. Why? How? Do we have this in and of ourselves? Absolutely, 100% not. But when we're moving in his breath, his breath impacts us in that way to where we live that way. And we can say, man, the fire of the Lord inside me or you see what I'm saying? It's all by his spirit. We're not doing this on our own. Does he use our personality? Does he use the way our words? Yes. 
But I'm saying it, it, the driving force within us is his spirit that has directed us to this to where we know our hope is in who? Our hope is in him. Our elpis is in him, and it's found there. It's not found in Joe Biden. God, help us all if it was. It's not found in any other person. It's not found in government at any level. It's only found in him. I know I said a name. I'm sorry, but that's just the facts. Some of the things that our country is partnering with is absolutely grieving to the very heart of our, the, the God that we serve. And I pray, and I know you guys do, that somehow, some way, that the Spirit of God can come in in the night and do something incredible that no man could ever do and change the hearts of people that are not thinking in alignment with God's, God's ways and His thoughts. And then He says, Therefore, prophesy. And say unto this people, Thus saith the Lord God. It's interesting, Lord God there, Adonai uh, uh, Jehovah. Behold, O my people, I will open your graves, and I will cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into, into the land of Israel. And you will know that I am Yahweh when I have opened your graves. O my people, and I brought you up out of the graves, and I will put my Ruach in you. Oh, man, do that, Lord. Put your Ruach in people. and We've got to lay hands on folks for this to happen. You guys know that. See, that's something I, that was a, a, a I'm going to call it a, a, a myth. A lot of people think you have to have hands laid on you for an impartation to occur. That didn't happen with me. I was in my, in my own house by myself and heaven opened and a visitation came. I had nobody around me. And that's the very thing, like Saul on the road, it changed me forever. So you ain't got to have your nappy hands laid on anybody. You don't have to put them on their head, their shoulder, anywhere. God can visit them. And that's what we want. We need him to visit people. We don't want anybody saying, oh, Les came and laid hands on me. And I had a fire of the Lord came upon me. That's great. Laying out of hands is one way, but this way it says, he said, I'm going to put my spirit in you and you're going to live. Pride gives way to life. We declare life over our city, over our people, over this country, and over the entire world. God did a miracle. He did. That's great. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. And we're only on page two here. Now, now, this next section is search, seek, and save. Okay, that's three S's, right? But there's a, there's a unique spin here that Ezekiel brings into this, where this searching comes into play. And he says, Ezekiel 34 and I've put all these verses here. I'm sorry. It's just, there's just so much here. The word of the Lord, the word of Yahweh came unto me saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Okay. That's got to be a demonic word, right? That's got to be the enemy. <laughs> He's saying prophesy against the shepherds? Oh, how dare me. I mean, imagine you getting a word like this. We, we get these words a lot. 
I mean, God may say it in a different way to Tammy or Stacy or any one of us, but you get a word of, of um, judgment or warning. I mean, this whole thing about being lost here is, is kind of a word of warning for all of us and anybody that calls themselves a Christian. So he's saying this word is going to be for the shepherds. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith Adonai Jehovah unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that they do feed themselves. Wow. Selfish. Focused on self, not the people. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Wow, I mean, they, they've got it totally reversed. The shepherds are supposed to be feeding the flocks and the sheep, right? But they've got it reversed, and they're focused on themselves. Now, in the coming days and years, what we see with our natural eye, we know this, there's going to be some judgment releases the Lord is going to reveal those that are truly walking with him in an unselfish manner now there are ministries all over the world and they might appear in the public eye to be one thing but in the private they're totally different those types of things are going to be revealed it's very similar to this. Shepherds are feeding themselves. They're focused on themselves. They're focused on acquiring money, 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 money. Millions, millions, millions. And they've kind of lost sight of their main objective, which is not money cometh, but feeding the flock and leading them into a deeper relationship. Now, I like verse 3, okay? I love verse 3. Ye eat the fat. Okay, eat the fat. And you clothe yourself with wool. You kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. He reemphasizes you're not fulfilling your part in feeding my people. That's us. We are responsible for taking what we have been given and ingested in and consumed and give that out to people. We're doing that. I think we're doing a, a really, really good job at that. The diseased have you not strengthened, neither have you healed that which was sick. These could be teachings in and of themselves. We're just going to kind of, neither have you bound up that which was broken, neither have you brought again that which was driven away, neither have you sought, here's the, here's the word that means to search out, that which has wandered away or that they're losing themselves, they're perishing. So part of our words, one of the, the objectives is to cause people that have wandered away from their purpose and their calling, or even some that don't even know their calling, to bring them back in to the fold and feed them. I think some of what we're doing right now with Brazil is, is very much that, feeding people that are that are hungry for the things that we have but with force 
and with cruelty have you ruled them. Now, I think everybody that starts out in the ministry has a, has a pure objective. I, I really do. But it can be so easy for any leader over a people or over a flock to stray away from their intended objective of feeding them and go after some selfish pathway. And so these are the types of people and shepherds that, that are being addressed here through uh, to Ezekiel, and he's supposed to release these words. And he says, I, it's hard to fathom how a shepherd could, could rule with force and cruelty. Now, I'm thinking of... <laughs> This doesn't refer to the church here, too. I mean, there's some of that going on. Well, it is going on in our country. And I know as we continue to pray in the Spirit, these, some of these things are going to change, not all of them. As we, as we continue to partner with the Lord, He is going to do things like He did with Rover, overturning that. He's going to do those things. And we have to be able to realize and recognize when he does those and you know, give praise to him. You know, kind of like Pastor was doing down at the uh, courthouse, you know, on Marco Polo and, you know, and God we trust and you know, all those different, that kind of thing. That's great. But we have to recognize it. And it says, verse 5, and they were scattered because there was no shepherd, no raah shepherd. Wow, that's, that's. The, the calling of a, a, a shepherd in the church, the pastor, the poiman, is to be someone that can function in the raw, being able to identify the tobe and the raw and go after the tobe and, then, and speak against the raw, the twisting of the enemy. That's there. Now, you think of pastors all across the country, any, any leader, you think of evangelists, anybody that has an influence over any group of people, are they doing this? I believe some are to some extent. But most don't even know evil. They start associating it with Satan. I mean, it is. Don't get me wrong. But the twisting of purpose, the enemy's crafty. That snake... He was very crafty in the garden to be able to take perfect beings and get them to bite on something God had forbidden. And, and, and they said, God said, don't do this, but yet they did that. It's, it, the enemy's very crafty. So the shepherds need to, the way to know the difference in the tobe and the raw is to know the tobe. Really, to know the true, right? It's like money. You know, fake money. How do you know the fake? You know the real. Know the tobe. And as you know tobe, it's much easier to know the twisted purpose. Some people do just the other. They focus on the raw. Well, i got to know the raw, right? When you do that, guess what happens? You're going to partake of the raw. So, so never thought of it that way, but it makes sense. Know the tobe. So these shepherds, man, it just, my heart breaks because I know that there are so many people in the same boat that we were all in many years ago. 
They're just going through the motions. The pastor is burnt out. He's ready to just leave. He's fed up. He's not a people don't value him or her or whoever. And they're just, you know, people are like this. They've lost hope. And it's my prayer that, you know, we don't have to be there and speak. the. We are speaking these things in the spirit. You know, you, you, we don't have to be there. I mean, you think about the, all the miraculous things that happen in the scripture. Yes, there's a partnership. I'm not saying we all know that. But what I'm saying is sometimes in our thinking, we think we have to physically be somewhere and speak that word to that person or that country or whatever. Our intercession is affecting things all over the globe, right? Why do we go into the temple of the tabernacle when it's opened up to us? It's affecting things on the earth. Yeah, judgments are being released, but also blessing can be released. The Ruach of the Lord can come into people. And when it comes into people, they stand on their feet and they begin to mobilize and be functioning the way God created them to operate and move. We need the Ruach. We can't live without it. Well, we can, but we're going to be lifeless without the Numa. Okay, let's see. Verse 6, and it says, They became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered. That's a different uh, different word there. Uh, I'm going to let you read through that. They wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered, dispersed, kind of like being dashed into pieces and dispersed out upon the face of the earth and none did darash search or seek after them therefore ye shepherds hear shema the word of yahweh as i live saith adonai jehovah surely because my flock became a, a prey and my flock became meat to every beast of the field because there was no ra'ah shepherd Neither did my shepherds darash or search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. He's repeating it. Oh, he wants us to know this, how important it is for shepherds to feed the flock. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds and will require my flock at their hand. Here's what we can believe for. If the shepherds refuse... To, to learn to function in ra'ah, then this comes into play. I'm going to cause them to cease from feeding my flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore. I will come to the forefront, and I'm going to deliver, snatch away my flock from their mouth, that they may not be meat for them. That's what we're believing for. The shepherds to do their spiritual jobs in feeding the flocks or God stepping in and saying, this is it. You're done. You're no longer going to feed them. I'm not giving you that privilege anymore. I'm coming in and I'm snatching my people away from you and I'm putting them somewhere where they can be fed. Our numbers are going to be increasing drastically because people are not being fed by shepherds across the world. That's how this network is going to grow. 
How is I didn't tell you. I'm just saying God says he's going to deliver. How he snatches people away, it's up to him. I just know he's going to do it. And people are going to be forever grateful. They're going to be forever grateful because if the people that were sitting under the leader, they're wanting something further, but they, they can't go any further than because the leader is not moving. He's not, he's not advancing himself or her, whoever that might be. And that's, so that's, a, that's, a, that's a word for, I mean, that's a stout word, but it's necessary. I mean, pastor had to receive that word in the very beginning, right? He had to receive it himself. And then everybody else around in this room, same way. So the fact that we receive the word means we can, we can be held, um, what's the word here? We can release that type of word and release it in a right spirit. It's not judgmental or just pointing a finger here and saying you're going to Hades in, in a basket and, or, or a chariot or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Hell in a handbasket, you know. <laughs> Why has it got to be a handbasket? You know, why can't it be a um, foot basket or something? I don't know, a headdress basket. <laughs> you know, weird things we say. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> i got to inject some humor there because it's getting too serious. Um, let's keep reading this. Verse 11. For thus saith Adonai, Jehovah, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek. Now, this word for seek here is, is a, it's a different Hebrew word. It just means God's going to meticulously um, take great lengths to go and search out and, 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 and find people that really want to be fed. Is that not what his spirit is doing across the world with people? How did we connect with people in Switzerland? How did we connect? His spirit drew us and connected us. We've lived this. As a shepherd seeks out his flock in that day, he is among his sheep that are scattered. So I will bakar out my sheep, and I will deliver them out of all the places where they've been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. Wow, now he's bringing in darkness in the midst of this. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in the, in, in, in the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in a tobe pasture. And upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they, they lie in a good fold and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock. And I will cause them to lie down, saith Adonai Jehovah. I would, man, these I wills are all over the place here. God's saying, I'm fed up with my, my, my shepherds not doing their job. Now I'm going to step in. I'm going to take care of my people. He's taking care of us, you guys, every single one of us in this room. He will continue to do that. And then it just goes on and on and on. And then he talks about destruction and feeding with judgment mishpat um hmm. so i'm gonna kind of skip through some of these saving the lost sodo that's there uh seek and save the lost um zacchaeus the parable of the lost sheep that whole chapter is all about this concept of being lost 
page 4. The lost son, the angry son, the elder that's been working in the vineyard or in the, in the field all those many, many years is upset. Man, his, his son has come home. He should be happy and joyous, right? Not, not in this parable. Never lose your savor. <laughs> Never lose Apoluma, your savor. Don't, don't let that happen. Um, John 3, 16 is in this. On page 5, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man will be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not apolumai, but have eternal life. For God so agapeoed the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish apolumai, but have everlasting life. So believing and not going into destruction is here the principle now i think i want to end with this let me see no fragments lost this is this is where i'm going to end john 6 we all know the story here jesus takes the loaves he gives thanks he gives it out verse 12 and when they were filled he said to his disciples Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be apolumai. Nothing be lost or destroyed. Fragments here is the supernatural provision that was provided. And I know it was food here, but it, it, all, it speaks and represents provision. He wants nothing that he has given supernaturally to any of us to go by the wayside. And I see a picture of us, all this provision laying around, man. He's saying, don't leave any fragments. Get it all. Wrap your arms around it. Don't let it be destroyed or let it go by the wayside. That's the words of Jesus. So when provision comes, gather up those fragments that nothing's lost. And we could go on and on, but I'm... Uh, pretty much out of time here um I, I didn't get to the last page which you know how the the god or the prince of this world this term is used that if that if our gospel or the good news is lost apolumai it's to those or if or, no if our gospel is hidden covered over it's to those that are apolumai those that are wandering around lost don't have any clear direction and that are that are perishing and it doesn't just mean it doesn't say anything about well, if you don't know the lord are you not born again here no it doesn't say any of that the prince of this world is very much active blinding the minds mental blindness mental blocks in the thought process of people within the church god led you where god told you what mental block Obscure. The enemy is, he's very, very crafty like this. With that smoky film kind of thing that, that emits from this prince of this world. So, anyway, I'm done. Five after ten. Thanks for listening to the rambling. <laughs>